Hey everyone, welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten ballers to the big leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Beater. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to episode 8 of Boiler Buzzer Beater. Man, what a week Purdue sports has had, isn't that right Grant? Ooh-wee, what a week it was, Rebecca. I mean, we had so much stuff happening with football, basketball, volleyball. It's just all over the place. It so, is. We are so excited to get into it. And without yeah. further ado, why don't you kick us off with some football? How about those boilers? And those that, that phrase can be used in a lot of different contexts there with um, all the sports that have been happening here. But let's talk about some football here. So um, this episode was previously previously planned to be released a little earlier, just you know recorded. So... Uh, we got to go through the IU game first, which is a fantastic game. You know, let's start with the good stuff before we get into the crushing blows with the Big Ten Championship. But, man, how about that IU? Total IU annihilation for the Purdue Oak and Bucket Trophy game uh, as Purdue reclaims the trophy. Uh, they beat IU last year here in West Lafayette. And this year was no different going down to IU at Memorial Stadium. Purdue won 30-16. Not as big as a difference as last year, but... Still a pretty good game, especially in the second half when it mattered most. Uh, I actually went to the game, went down to Bloomington with some friends. I have never been to Memorial Stadium. I will say it's a very nice stadium. It's, you know, fully enclosed, unlike Purdue's uh, Rossade Stadium, although next year it'll be fully enclosed. But still, it's, it's a pretty nice stadium there. They're, they had a pretty decent turnout considering it's a rival rivalry game. Um, I saw a few bit of, of Purdue fans there, and the game started out pretty slow. We scored a field goal, but then we allowed IU to score in the first minute of their drive, which was crazy. It was like they scored like an 80-yard run. All the IU fans around me were cheering, and I was like, All right, okay, this cannot go on any longer. Um, then things took a turn when the IU quarterback, Dexter Williams, suffered a non-contact injury when he was playing. He, I believe I saw he was you know, starting to hike the ball, and he, I believe he was starting to run or something, and he immediately just fell down, like rolled on his back, and um, nobody touched him at all, so it was a non-contact injury. And um, he had to be taken out on a stretcher on the field. It was, I believe it was like a 15-minute delay. They had to take him out and turn out to be a dislocated knee with significant structural damage, according to IU. And he will, uh, I believe he is getting surgery this week. Um, but, yeah, just crazy stuff there. Uh, I hope he was okay. Uh, I was, you never like to see that for a quarterback, even as an opponent, as a, a fan of the opponent, opponent, opponent team. And... Um, so, yeah, that was, I believe that was IU's backup quarterback, but he was actually playing pretty well for them this year. Um, and he was going to be, uh, you know, just quite an elite quarterback. But they had to rely on their third string, who I don't even know the name of at, the, at this moment here. Um, but after that, it seemed like Purdue kind of like the momentum kind of was like swinging towards them as afterwards they scored a touchdown. And um, after that, it was just kind of game over, and Purdue kept storing, kept scoring. The final score actually doesn't even tell the whole story because IU scored with, like, with no time remaining like at the end of the game when the game was already over so it was 30 to 9 that's right it was 30 to 9 at with you know like two seconds left so the game was over and they scored and it was like okay what whatever um as i was at the game uh, more and more iu fans kept leaving throughout the game and so you know each time in the kickoff purdue likes to say the iu sucks chant and the chant got louder and louder on each kickoff and then um by the time Everyone was gone. You could hear the Purdue, like, small marching band that went down to Bloomington playing the Purdue fight song because <laughs> there was nobody there, you know, rooting against them at all. Um, but it was just a great game there, uh, you know, especially to see Purdue, you know, being able to clinch the Big Ten West. Um, Rebecca, did, were, were you able to watch it at home? Were you uh, tuning in? The IU game? Yes, Purdue No, game. unfortunately, I did not get to catch the game, but I was getting some text uh, score updates from Grant over here and some yes, other some other Purdue that. fans. Um, you know, always love to see us uh, beating IU, you know, especially if it's even better if it helps us clinch the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. So all in all, I'll take it. So this would be a very promising story. I mean, you know, like how you might have a lot of like hope for Purdue football afterwards after listening to me talk brag about them winning against IU. And, you know, there was even more hope after Nebraska beat Iowa, which allowed Purdue to clinch the Big Ten West in the first place. If Purdue had won and Iowa had won, Iowa would, would have been the one representing the Big Ten West. Uh, fortunately, Purdue won and Iowa lost, so they were able to go up against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game, number two Michigan there. Um, now, I will be breaking down you know, a preview of the spoiler makers. I even had a little graphic here about most wins when unranked. Purdue actually has the most wins in the AP poll era when unranked at 17. Second most is Illinois at 11. 
Um, last time we did that was last year against Michigan State, which I was at that game. That was a great game. Everyone rushed the field. Um, but unfortunately, Purdue lost to Michigan last night in the Big Ten Championship. It was kind of expected, but um, they put up a good fight in the first half. It's just the second half they finally like gave in the, the Michigan's overwhelming offense because um, they just Aiden O'Connell threw two interceptions in the second half that kind of basically gave the momentum to Michigan. And, um, yeah, just overall, it was not a great game in the second half. First half, Purdue came out swinging. I mean, they had a um, – they started out with a three or three uh, or field goal in the first drive, I believe. Um, and then just kind of like from there, Michigan scored a touchdown. Um, okay, so it was Michigan first, excuse me. It was a 25-yard pass from McCarthy for a touchdown. And Devin Mockaby for a touchdown yard run. It was a tie game. That's right. It was a tie game at first. Excuse me. And, oh, wow, I feel like De Devin Mockaby should be getting a scholarship now. Can you believe, Rebecca, that he's a freshman and he's a walk-on? Not at all. I was talking about, um, I think I was talking to my dad about, like, how good we were going to be next year. And I said, oh, yeah, like, losing all these players. Um, you know, obviously, AOC, uh, mm -hmm. Charlie Jones, Devin Mockaby, I said. And he goes, no, he's a freshman. Not only is he a freshman, but they had no idea where this kid came from. Like, mm -hmm. he just... You know, it sounds like he was, you know, wasn't from any big high school program. And they said he started fairly late, too. Like, I don't think he played really before high school. Yeah, so, that's I mean, crazy. Yeah, that's given that he's done some incredible things this year. Um, absolute asset for Purdue. And yes, let's get this man a scholarship. Please and thank you. Um, yeah, he was from he's from Boonville, Indiana. Um, he didn't play until versus Indiana State, although that's pretty early in the season. He didn't play the first game. Maybe he was injured or something. But um yeah, he was kind of like, he had flashes in the first few games and I saw, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy, why is he not our starting running back? And he ended up becoming it. Um, and, yeah, it was just great to see him getting a chance. And, yes, he is a freshman, uh, six foot, 195 pounds, so he will be here for a good time. He had, this season, he had nine touchdowns for 920 yards, averaging five yards a carry. Um, and he had a touchdown in the Big Ten Championship game, too, which is just amazing to see that. Uh, Purdue was even able to keep up with Michigan there. Uh, so, yes, I was talking about the first quarter. It was a tie game, and then Purdue scored a field goal, 33-yard um, field goal, and then Michigan scored a touchdown, and then Purdue scored another field goal, which, in my opinion, that's where you started to be like, oh, well, Purdue is settling for field goals here, although they did do a fake punt, and they got a first down off of it. I love that fake punt. I was at yeah. a little watch party moment, and this this kid sitting on the couch, and he goes, ha-ha, what if he, like, fake punted it and actually just ran? And we're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, like, okay. And then he takes off with the ball. And we're like, dang, you should be the coordinator for the plays or whatever. Because he he called it and they did it. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, came out in our favor. So I'll take it. Even the commentators were like, wow, what a gutsy play by Jeff Brown. And he's like, you have nothing to lose. You're in the Big Ten Championship. You got to do it. Like, you exactly. got to. It's now or never. We're the underdogs walking into this mm -hmm. game. You know, they're 12 and 0. We're, what, 8 and 4. So, you know, we mm -hmm. already. We, you know, we're we're slated to lose. So if we do any more than that, then you know I'd consider that a win in our book. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, run the ball, might as well. So the second half is where things got iffy because uh, Michigan came out swinging. They had um, you know one yard run touchdown became twenty one thirteen. Then Donovan Edwards twenty seven yard touchdown run became twenty eight thirteen. And then Michigan settles. I mean, Purdue settles for another field goal. They don't score another touchdown for the rest of the game. Um, becomes 28-16, Purdue scores another field goal, becomes 28-19, and then Michigan takes over, scores two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter on a 17-yard pass and a three-yard run, and it ends up becoming 43-22 uh, with one more field goal from Purdue, and Michigan wins its second consecutive Big Ten championship. Uh, so just overall, you know, I mean, I'm proud of this team that Purdue football was able to get this far. As you know, it's their first Big Ten championship since they were able to do comp, uh, division versus division, and just overall, I'm just you know happy that they're going to be going to a, a bowl game too, which is what I wanted to say next here. Um, so although Purdue couldn't capitalize, no, I Michigan to take over. Um, they if if they beat Michigan, they were, would be able to go to the Rose Bowl, which is a very highly you know uh, high very high status bowl because it's the winner of the Big Ten versus the winner of the Pac-12 usually. So they would uh, would have taken on uh, Utah, uh, but since Purdue lost and Michigan is going to the college football playoff, the rights go to the next team, which is Penn State, at the highest record, which is interesting there. 
Um, but so yeah, so Purdue will actually be playing LSU in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. What a name there. Uh, in Orlando, Florida, Monday, January 2nd at 1 p.m. after New Year's Eve games. Uh, this is actually not the first time Purdue has gone up against uh, first-year uh, LSU head coach Brian Kelly. Uh, it was his first year at LSU because they have played him before. He was the former Notre Dame coach. Uh, I actually got to go to a game last year at Notre Dame, and uh, they lost, <laughs> unfortunately, because that was the game David Bell got injured. Um, but they looked like a good team this year. Uh, they've been decent, although LSU just lost against Georgia in the SEC championship, so I'd, I think they're going to get ranked a little lower now. Um, but yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how Purdue uh, will respond against them. We won't be able to talk about this for a good bit because they don't play until January 2nd, so um, they get a whole month off for basically until the next game, which is kind of crazy for, 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 for football excuse me, that they just take a whole month off before their next game. Maybe it'll be good, though, you know, time to clean a few things mm-hmm. up, um, you know, especially we uh, heard that Aiden O'Connell had a, you know, family emergency. Um, mm-hmm. His older brother just passed away. Um, so, you know, I think that'll be good, kind of give him some time to step away and take that time he needs with his family. And then hopefully they'll be able to come back nice and strong and win the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. That's such a fun name, first yeah. of all. I was looking at all the different bowls. Um, and honestly, out of all of them, I, I'll take this one. Because mm-hmm. I, all I'm saying is I want some merch with, um, like, the Purdue logo on, like, a Cheez-It. Um, I don't know if that's happening. But oh, I don't care. I'm going to make it happen. Um, but, yeah. No, how fun would that be? I feel like there's so mm-hmm. so much marketing that can be done there. Um, no, no. I, ex- I think I saw, if I can look this up real quick, um, the Cheez-It, like, the bowl, whatever. They were saying that some of the, like, hotel rooms or something are, like, Cheez-It themed. Cheez-It. Wait. So, okay. Wait, hotel wait. rooms. So, are, like, hotel rooms in Orlando, yeah. like, sponsored like, no, by no, no. Cheez-It? Either for the players or for whoever's down there. Oh um, my gosh, how funny would that be? Like, cause like I've wait, seen some fun themed yes. hotels in my time. You know, like Legoland, they've got like pirate themed and Legos and stuff. But you walk into the hotel room and it's just Cheez Its everywhere. Like the pillows are shaped like Cheez Its. That I mean, okay, that sounds okay. like a good deal right there. Wait, wait. So, hey, Rebecca, they got like, it's literally like a Cheez It oh room my for gosh. our listeners. Wow. I'm, just, I'm showing Rebecca a picture of it. There's like red walls with. Cheese it blankets and a cheese it rug and yellow chairs and cheese it's everywhere. I don't know if this is real or not. It says there's a, a news release here. Let's look at the news release. Um, all I'm saying is if yes. a player or Jeff, maybe even Jeff Brom himself, um, if they stay in this room, um, we would love some exclusive behind the scenes content because I would do just about anything to set foot in that cheese it themed hotel. So it says they're making four rooms, four hotel rooms at official team hotels that look and feel straight out of a cheese it box because they want to, they want players and fans to wake up quote, feeling the cheesiest at this season's cheese it bowl. I mean, how cool is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I believe this is the first time cheese it's ever done like a, um, and I guess deal with, like it says it's the first first ever name, image, and likeness deals with four of the most absurdly Cheez-It Bowl and Cheez-It Citrus Bowl players. I haven't a chance to check into hotel rooms the night before their respective shutdowns to wake up feeling the cheesiest. Wow. So if they're starting NIL deals, it sounds like they have specific players in mind that are going to stay in these I, rooms to like I, do I, brand I, deals with. I imagine if you sponsored with them, they're like, here's your bedroom, Cheez-It. Surprise. You Surprise. get to sleep in a Cheez-It box. Mm-hmm. That, that's weird. Breakfast of champions right there. Wake up, eat Ooh. a whole box, go to the game. Ooh. Yuck. Okay. Grant's not liking it. No, let, let's, let's move on here real quick. Rebecca, did you want to talk about some uh, UCLA, USC joining the Big Ten? Yeah. So, I don't know. This was just a thought I had earlier. So, um, UCLA, USC joining the Big Ten in 2024, right? We're adding two new teams to our conference. So, I wonder what that is going to do to... The, the divisions, you know, we have the East and the West and Purdue is the most Eastern, Eastern West, West team, team, right? So yeah, we are the farthest East in the West division. So with adding two more teams in the West, are they going to move us to balance it out? Right. Yeah. Because, I, I don't know here. Let's, I mean, there's probably, you know, IU technically is further East than we are, but they're in the East division. Um, I don't know. I feel like that could be interesting because if we have to move to the East, then we'll have Penn state, Ohio state and Michigan all in our division. How is that going to affect mm-hmm. our uh, in-conference yeah. play? Yeah, so, um, yes, yeah, so this, this website I'm looking at here, Athlon Sports, talks about it perfectly. 
Now, uh, I, I thought about two of these three scenarios. This last one I did not think about here. So the first one is the um, east-west split, where it looks like they add Purdue. And um, um, I can see it. It looks like it's just Purdue that gets added. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I can't think of the last team that gets added to the east here. Um, maybe... Rutgers? I don't know. Rutgers is in the no, east. Michigan Jersey. State is east. Okay, I'm trying to think here. Well, it looks like it says Purdue gets added to the east. And in the west, you have Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, UCLA, USC, and Wisconsin. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Hmm. I guess they just shoved Purdue to the east, and then they put UCLA and USC in the west. That's and what I think is going to happen. Like that's all it would take for it to work. Um, yeah, it just says one decision, one team would need to move to the east. Uh, they also say keeping Purdue in the west and shifting Illinois to the east is also an option. But I don't know why you do that because Illinois is further west than uh, Purdue. Uh, the other scenario is they just get rid of divisions entirely. Or they just break it off and they're like, um, all 16 teams like played each other somehow. And then the top two teams play each other for the championship. Um... Yeah, it's interesting how they would schedule all those teams then, but that's a scenario. Um, now, that they have another scenario that I not think of, but it's called a pods scenario, where they break up the conference into four pods, and each pod has four teams in it. Um, basically, yeah, you match up with those opponents like uh, two times a year or something, or one time a year, but it's, it's, it's really weird. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen in the future, but I feel like the most likely scenario is that the Purdue is just shoved into the east so they could fit USC and UCLA in the west. But I would not be surprised if they said they're getting rid of uh, divisions entirely just to accommodate um, UCLA and USC. Um, this also leads to the question of, in the future, I feel like eventually, you know, the, call, the championships is just going to be like, it's just going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. Like, there's going to be the only two conferences left because all these teams are joining different conferences. And it's just going to be a lot of teams, like, trying to get money from, you know, conferences. They get they get paid a lot of money to go to those conferences. They bring in a lot of revenue. The colleges get more money. So it's like, oh, yeah, we got to do that, you know? So I don't know if that's going to happen. That's a, that's a story for another time, a little discussion for another episode. Rebecca, why don't you get us into women's basketball? Because I feel like that's more of a more of a happy story now than it is worrying about the future. Absolutely. Um, so we have had some great games in the past, you know, week or so since we've been able to cover things. Um, so first, uh, they went two and one in the Cancun Classic. Um, they got to go down to Mexico for a nice little tournament, as well as um, you know, some swimming with dolphins, um, which you know sounds like a great deal if you ask me. Yeah, I was a bit jealous about that. Yeah, I, Grant sent me the pictures. He's like, no way. They got to go swim with dolphins. Mm -hmm. Yes, they did. Um, so they won against Harvard, 85 to 63, and then they lost to Florida State, 76 to 75, and then beat Oklahoma State, 71 to 65. Um, that was a very narrow loss against Florida State, uh, one point. Um, fortunately, we're still 7 and 1, which honestly is a pretty good record. Mm -hmm. um, about to go into Big Ten play yes. uh, next week. The, um, the, this week, actually, tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night against Michigan State. Oh, they right, right, they're away. Sorry. Yes. Um, and then their first home game will be next week in Big Ten play. Um, but yeah, then there was the Big Ten ACC Challenge um, against Syracuse. Purdue started out a little slow, uh, finished really well in the 87-78 win um, over the Orange. Laisha Petrie, 31 points. Crazy. That's, you know, her highest scoring game this season. Um, you know, is just doing incredible things for the Boilermakers um, in, you know, she was all over the court. She was hitting threes. She was bringing it in, you know, really good ball movement from her as well. So I'm super excited to see what she does the rest of the season. 81% um, from the free throw line, too. So up a little bit from the previous games. Um, however, only 17% from three pointers, which I mean, Purdue is known to make our threes. You know, we've got a couple players in uh, Cassidy Harden, Madison Layden, and then sometimes Abby Ellis will get hot, too. Um, you know, in terms of hitting those threes. So I don't know. I think that's going to be key for us, um, you know, over as we pick up in our Big Ten play, um, being able to put away those three pointers. But again, definitely glad to see that our free throw percentage is back up. You have uh, a couple notes? Yeah, I was just going to say, well, Aisha Petrie looking amazing. She's the number four scorer in the Big Ten, I believe, right now. Um, you know, Purdue just as a whole right now is looking good. She's averaging 19.9 points per game, leading the Boilermakers. 
Uh, Janae Terry, also looking amazing. I mean, she's leading Purdue in rebounds, assists, and steals right there. That's crazy. Um, she's kind of like the, the Draymond Green of the Purdue Boilermakers, where you might not be scoring all the points every night, but you're doing everything else in all the other categories. You're a Dennis Rodman type of player where you're just going for the ball, you're hustling around, you're making plays, and the team is becoming a lot better because of it. And, yeah, she did that as well uh, against Syracuse. Uh, Janae Terry going off here. She had se- she, she had seven points, six assists, four rebounds, two steals, one block. I mean, just all over the place, everywhere there. Um, only one foul. So uh, great stuff there. Elisa Petrie, 31 points, seven rebounds. Great stuff from her as well. Uh, Jayla Smith off the bench, 12 points, two assists, two rebounds. Great to see her scoring as well. Um, just overall, a great win. And, yes, we do play Michigan State tomorrow. Uh, Rebecca, you think Purdue pulls off their first win of the Big Ten yeah. season opener? I mean, I'd love to see it. You know, we uh, have been able to tell over the past couple of weeks the transfer transfers are really getting comfortable in Katie Gerald's system. You know, obviously, as Leisha Petrie becomes top scorer um, by very large margins, might I say. Um, and then, you know, Caitlin Harper, she hasn't been doing quite as much in the last game or two, but she definitely started off really strong. Um, and, you know, I think she as well is starting to kind of settle into, um, you know, the Purdue lineup. Um, along with the lineup, we're seeing, you know, a consistent starting lineup. It's a little bit different than last season, again, with Leisha Petrie and Caitlin Harper um, adding in. But I think, okay, Purdue has so much depth, first of all, that you never have a bad player coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless yeah. of who's injured, who fouls out, any of that, you know, I'm never going to be worried about who we have on the court. You know, I think they all just have great chemistry. They all bring something to the table. And I'm, yeah, I'm fully confident in every single player on that team. Um, you know, props to Katie Geralds for obviously facilitating that connection and, you know, getting to the team to a place where they're comfortable. They seem more comfortable than they did last season. You know, at the beginning of the season, they had some up games. They had some down games. Even depending on, like, ignoring the score, they had some some games where they played where you j- could just tell that they looked nervous. Um, we're like, I've never seen that this season. You know, even when they're starting to go down, even when they're cooling off, even when Katie Geralds is yelling at them from the bench, you know, they're all looking at each other going, hey, like, we got this, you know, like, chill out, we're good. So, I, yeah, that's always great to see, um, you know, because we do have some younger players. Um, haven't, yeah. you know, gotten a ton of minutes, but, hey, you know, there's, that's what, there's that's a whole what season happens for in it. college. Yeah, exactly. You got a whole season, big, t- especially Big Ten play. Yeah. It's definitely more um, competitive, I'd say, than, you know, non-conference play. Um, even sure. even though Purdue actually, I will say the the tournament that they played in the Cancun Classic that was great experience for them. Absolutely, those you know those are, are some big out of conference teams. Yes. Um, you know that they got a chance to look around, and you know I think that loss against Florida State is honestly good because, um, you know they were able to come back and win the next one that shows that this team is learning how to bounce back from you know losses, unfortunate ones too. With that, you know only one point. Um, and cause that's honestly what you have to do. Basketball is such a long season that, you know, you can't get hung up on one loss. You take what you, mm-hmm. you know, the mistakes you made from that and you move on. Um, you know, speaking of moving on, they have got some great games coming up this week. Um, they will play at Michigan state on Monday, December 5th, 7 PM. And then, um, at home verse number 22, Maryland on Thursday, December 8th at six 30. And then finally again at Illinois state or verse Illinois state, uh, at home on December 11th. So, yeah, some big games from them. Um, what about yeah. some men's basketball? Well, I want to say real oh, quick, okay. Rebecca, yeah, it's okay. We got, I know we like to talk about women's basketball and men's basketball, too, but the women's basketball, uh, I just want to say that um, they're going to be playing Maryland, their first, like, ranked team. They're actually 20th now. I, m- I meant to change that there. Um, but, yes, they're number 20. And um, Purdue and Michigan State are actually the last two teams that have not played a Big Ten opponent yet. And Purdue... Um, Purdue is seven and one, which is interesting to see because in the Big Ten, uh, they'd be actually like fourth highest if we're not counting, you know, Big Ten play. So if that's the case, that's looking already looking a lot better than last year. Because if we're only if we're in fourth place, we're only underneath IU, Michigan, and Ohio State, and those teams are ranked, which is crazy. There, uh, I believe Iowa is six and three, although they've played some good teams, and I believe they're ranked as well. Um. Purdue does not play them this year. But, yeah, I was just saying, I'm just really interested to see where this team goes. And I feel like this first game tomorrow at Michigan State on the road will be a good kind of like, um, just like, ex- not experience game, and just like kind of like just figure out what's happening for Purdue and just how, where, where they go from here. That's really all I wanted to say. Because um, men's basketball is also, also an insane week it's been for men's basketball. Women's basketball all over the place. We just haven't been able to get through all these games here. 
So let's talk about this real quickly. We know that uh, this has probably been the you know last week or two weeks ago was the best week of regular season basketball for Matt Painter in his career. Honestly, maybe beating uh, West Virginia, number six Gonzaga, and number eight Duke at that time. Those were the numbers they were ranked um, to win the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament in Portland, Oregon. I mean, man, Matt Painter doing amazing work here, trying to get these guys these guys um, going here. I mean, we have two freshmen, Brain Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, going off as you know in the starting lineups. Um, it's just been crazy that they're even able to win the whole tournament too with those guys. They're playing teams that have experienced players like Gonzaga or Drew Timmy uh, coming back for another year. And that was a good game. I watched the Gonzaga game. It went late into the night, and I was staying up. It was a West Coast game, but uh, the fact that Purdue was able to take care of business, I would, I would, we would talk about all of this, but. We just don't have enough time to cover all of these games individually here. I just want to say some takeaways include um, just Purdue is definitely a lot better team-wise than they were last year. They had great players last year, but it feels like this year they're a better team. They play really well together, and Zach Eady is just becoming a monster player overall. Um, I believe right now he's their front runner for the National Player of the Year in college basketball because of what he's been able to do. And just in general, this team is looking great. Um, Trey Kaufman-Ren as well, looking great off the bench. He's looking like another Travion Williams type of player where he's able to get in the post. You can see Zach Eady has, like, he can get in the post, and once he gets there, he's kind of unstoppable because of his moves there and his height. But Travion Williams, even if he's, like, contested in the post, he can make some moves, spin moves, you know, just kind of, like, fake you out and score at will at the basket. And he's a redshirt freshman, which is crazy. But these guys are playing as well as they are, as young as they are, too. Um, so that was the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, and then Matt Painter's squad also defeated Florida State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, 79-69. Uh, you could actually tell the team was pretty tired from the tournament here, as there were some really bad passes, and just overall, there wasn't as much hustle against a bad Florida State team that had one win overall, so it was like a five-point game at halftime or something, and then they eventually pulled away in the second half. Uh, this is actually a fun fact. Last, last year, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, I believe next year they're doing... Um, either ACC, SEC, or SEC Big 12, something, but they're just changing up the challenge, I think. So uh, this challenge has been going on for like 10 years, I think. It's crazy. Um, we played Florida State last year, I think, as well, in West Lafayette, but uh, this year is in Florida. Um, but also, the biggest thing about Purdue basketball is now we are now ranked number five in the country after starting the season going unranked. Um, we were 24th. Uh, in the last AP ranking, and then we jumped 19 spots, which I believe is like the third highest jump ever for a college basketball team, um, which is they definitely deserved it. They won three great games, and they beat Florida State, and they beat Minnesota today too, which I happened to go to the game uh, today, uh, at least for the first half. The second half, I had to start preparing for this show here to get every get all the stuff you guys wanted to hear. Um, but they beat Minnesota 89-70, to a fantastic Big Ten uh, home opener there. Um, my thoughts are just Zach Eady, like I said, is a monster player. Um, I believe he finished with uh, 32 points, uh, 20, 31 points, 22 rebounds, which is just insane. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Big Ten opener, uh, Zach Eady, you know, National Player of the Year, and just overall, this team looked amazing. Uh, no Mason Gillis tonight, too. He had a, a minor back injury. So Caleb first stepped in, starting, and um, he still made a difference. Ten points, one steal, two rebounds. Fletcher Lawyer looked amazing. Twenty points, eight assists. Him going off, and not even all those are from three-point line, uh, which he usually go goes to. And yeah, just like I said, Zach Eady just—he's just the main point of this game. Thirty-one points, twenty-two rebounds. If that doesn't get you a win, I don't know what will. He outscored the entire Minnesota team rebounding, which is insane, absolutely insane. Um, that's kind of it for men's basketball. We do play Hofstra at home Wednesday, December 7th at 7 p.m. And at Nebraska, Saturday, December 10th. And one small note to IU also lost against Rutgers, which means IU lost, which is obviously a great a great thing for Purdue fans there. Um, although we did the exact same thing last year. Rutgers on the road is a very hard team to beat. That's the one we lost, Rebecca, with the um, half-court buzzer beater last year. Oh, that was... A tragic 
unfortunate yeah. site. Don't it's bring it one, up. Don't bring the, it up. Yeah, well, that's the one where they were ranked number one for like two days, and then we lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have a good chance this year of going number one again. I mean, already. absolutely. I mean, you know, looking back at some of those um, games from the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, Edie, 24 points against West Virginia, 21 points against Duke, and then 23 against Gonzaga. Like, come on. In the 20s for three massive games. Um, you know, he looks great. I, you know, I've not an ED hater, but, you know, I have my doubts about his ball handling abilities and making some great decisions amazing in the paint. He looked amazing today. His free throw he's shooting has gotten a lot better, too, and just the plays that he's making. It's, he's not just tall. He's also really good. Look at him overcoming those stereotypes. He's yeah. got it. you got to keep going. And then, yeah, once again, Fletcher Lawyer proving himself early, started all three games of Phil Knight, um, and then double-digit points against Duke and Gonzaga. Again, two massive teams, you know, and a freshman coming in. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I think this team is in a significantly better place than they were last year with the camaraderie yeah. and everything else. One small thing before we move on to volleyball is um, uh, I, as I went to the game this today i was like i was so like upset that i had to leave after the first half that i literally i sold my hofstra ticket already but i just want to buy another one and go to the game on wednesday because this team was so fun to watch that i want to go back there and get more of it so um, i'm excited rebecca please tell us about some purdue volleyball that might let our spirits down a little bit because unfortunately yeah loss to louisville so we uh we ended up beating tennessee in the first round of the ncaa tournament um it was you know obviously very good to get there um after this up and down season that purdue volleyball has had um and then unfortunately we went on to lose to number one louisville in the ncaa tournament ending our season um that was an intense game though so louisville took the first two sets um, and then the last point of the third set, which was determining whether we would end right there or would we go into a four and see if you know we could bring the bring the game back. Um, there was a challenge off of Eva Hudson's out of bounds kill, um, and then Dave Shondell thought there was a touch off the Louisville block. Um, unfortunately, it ruled that there was not, so our season ends here. But again, you know, very proud of everything that this team has done this year. And I am so stoked for next year. Uh, we have the number three recruiting class uh, coming in. And then Chloe Chacon was just named to the AVCA High School first team All-American. Um, and so that is absolutely Crazy. something you want coming in, um, you know, between her and, you know, let's hope that uh, Eva Hudson stays hot going into next year um, because the two of them will be absolutely, you know, unstoppable together. Um, you know, we're losing a good amount of seniors. I think there's, what, five of them that, you know, have been consistent, uh, you know, players on the field or on the court, I should say, um, for this team. But, you know, change is a part of life. And again, we got six, I believe, freshmen coming in, all of them, you know, highly ranked, highly regarded, and especially Chloe Chacon, hopefully, you know, breakout star for next year. Um, I want to give a quick little shout out to Emma Ellis, um, as Dave Mm -hmm. Shondell posted about um, on social media after the last game. So she didn't start. Um, She's been kind of in and out of the starting lineup. Um, this whole season, I'd say more out than in, honestly. But still, she's been able to come off the bench and make such an impact on this team. Um, and so in the Tennessee game, she came in um, n- not until the fourth set. So they played three whole sets without her. You know, she's sitting on the bench. So they bring her in for the fourth, um, scores the game-winning point, and then scores, I believe, the majority of their points in that fifth set to lead to that win against Tennessee, getting us through the first round of the tournament. And, you know, he was basically just talking about how, like, that's true, you know, that's true, first of all, team player right there, you know, it doesn't matter if you're starting, if you're coming off the bench, if you don't play an entire season, you know, what what you do with the opportunities you're given, you know, shows what kind of player you are. Um, And so we will definitely miss her greatly as she is graduating and, you know, moving on to the rest of her career. Um, But yeah, that's about it for Purdue basketball. Congrats on a great season, or volleyball, and we will see you again next year. I'm excited to see Purdue Volleyball next year as a basically, you know, uh, first-year Purdue Volleyball fan. I know I've talked about on the show how I've basically been uh, just kind of, like, pushed into Purdue Volleyball and kind of, like, enjoying it. Not not that I didn't want to enjoy it, but I was curious about how fun it would be. And it was very fun. Like I said before, previous shows, atmosphere is amazing there. And overall, it's just a great time being there um, at Holloway. Uh, I'm just I'm just excited for next year, Rebecca. Like you said, Chloe Chacon going to be an amazing uh, recruit. And there's also other recruits as well. Uh, I don't know the names off the top of my head there, um, but I'm sure they're going to provide a lot of impact with you know four or five seniors leaving uh, Purdue Volleyball. Um, but, yeah, I think losing number one Louisville was kind of expected there. <laughs> yeah, they beat us earlier this year. It was one of our, it was our first loss of the, game, of the season. I think it was the second game of the season. 
um, we played in a tournament uh, in Louisville against a couple other teams, including them. So, I mean, you know, they're they're number one. So we, we take what we can get. But, I, you know, again, great experience. Um, you know, glad they, hey, they made it through a second round. So, again, excited for next year. All right, yeah. Uh, any, let's talk about some World Cup real quick. Or actually, let's get into some NBA before World Cup. I know we want to talk about both here. NBA, we're going to speed run through because I just want to talk about the Pacers real quick. This is my, like, my weekly rant here. So the Pacers are on a road trip, right? Seven-game road trip, which is the longest in like 35 years for the Pacers. Um, and so far, they are uh, one in three on this road trip. They beat the Lakers on the last-second buzzer beater by Andrew Nemhard, which was a crazy shot. Shot of his career, actually, as a rookie. I mean, come on, that's crazy. You have to trust a rookie like that. Tyrese Halliburton made an expert pass. Um, and then a loss to the Clippers and a loss to the um, Kings, Sacramento Kings, which is kind of like a finals game because the atmosphere, I was watching that game, and it seemed like it was a finals game. Kings fans are really upset about the ty- whole Tyrese Halliburton trade last year, sending Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald to the Pacers for the Monta Sabonis. And so the Kings ended up winning by like 20 or 30. They were up by 30 at one point in that game. It's just overall a terrible game. It's good to get that good to get that out of our system. And then I thought we were going to win against the Jazz um, two nights ago, but we ended up losing against the Jazz too on the road. Um, although the Jazz been decent this year, but I just thought the Pacers could pull it out. And um, yeah, tonight the Pacers play the Portland Trailblazers on their fifth of seven game road trip. Uh, the line is Portland by three, and there's no Tyrese Halliburton out uh, playing tonight. He's out, so. Um, yeah, just not a great night for Pacers, and I'm hoping we could win, but Tyrese is kind of like our anchor on our offense, so uh, it's going to be tough, Pacers fans. Hopefully you can stick with it. We got two more road games after this at the Warriors and at the Trailblazers, and we're finally back home. It's been it's been a long time. Uh, but, yeah, that's it for NBA for now. Not much. It's still you know, kind of the beginning of the season, really. still Things are still going. Teams are still separating themselves from each other. Rebecca, talk about this World Cup. I wanted, I watched the U.S. team play, and um, it was kind of disappointing that they lost to the uh, Netherlands. Yeah, um, the men's team performance against Netherlands uh, was embarrassing, honestly, to say the least. Wow. Um, there was too much lateral movement. Um, you know, they're moving the ball back and forth. I'm sorry, you're already down 2-0, and you, you know, you're not going towards the goal. You know, like, what is going uh, from sideline to sideline going to get mm-hmm. you? Um, the answer is nowhere. Um, they're not taking their chances when we have them. Again, when you don't have that many chances, you need to capitalize on what you had. I saw some really bad, um, you know, some really bad open goals um, or like chances from in the box. Um, honestly, the goal that they did score was a complete accident. Um, the guy just kind of happened to throw his leg out and like backheel it into the top corner. Um, so nobody was expecting that to go in. Um, you know, it would be nice to get a goal that uh, is at least on purpose. Um, and then especially when the Netherlands has so much density in their defensive line. So they're playing a 3-4-1-2, which means they had nine players in the de- in their defensive half for the majority of the game. I saw when a U.S., because they probably figured, okay, U.S. is going to go as fast as they can and try to score. They had, like, their almost their entire team was, like, guarding the goal. Like, they would not let a single player get near there. Exactly. And so when that's the type of team you're playing against, you have to know that you need to capitalize on the chances that you have. You know, um, the announcers are talking about how – um, they hired like a set piece coach to, you know, work s- exclusively on, you know, capitalizing on those set pieces when we get them just because that's, you know, kind of a, an easy chance right there. Um, you know, weren't able to really make much out of those. Um, you know, we're seeing players missing runs left and right. Both goals um, from the Netherlands were basically identical um, in the sense that, you know, it was a player that was out kind of into the corner flag. You know, they made a cross into the top of the box. You had another forward running in towards the middle. And the U.S. defender is just lost. Like, there's nobody tracking back. You know, you've got this player basically one-on-one with Matt Turner. Like, there's there's nothing really there. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, they qualified. They made it through the first round, um, which I think is more than a lot of people, including myself, thought. So, you know, got to give them credit, whatever. Um, we'll, you know, we'll try again in 2026 when the World Cup comes to the United States. I'm ready for that. I mean, I don't know if I'll be attending a game, but it's just exciting to see that it'll be coming from uh, Qatar all the way here. And yeah, it's not just the U.S. too. It's also Mexico and Canada, basically all of North America, right? Yeah. I mean, we have the majority of the games. I think Mexico has four games. Canada has three. And then we host the rest of them. So it's mostly us. But yes, there will be Mexico and Canada as well. Um, It's, you know, they're considering it like North America, pretty much the continent. Um, Like we'll be hosting. 
Um, but let's see. I mean, there are some good parts, um, you know, about this, you know, result um, ending it where it is. Um, it comes with some controversy, though, as well, um, over the U.S. women getting a payout um, from the men's performance. Um, so under a new agreement with U.S. soccer, the men and women will now share 90% of the prize money while U.S. soccer gets 10%. Basically, yeah, the federation deducts 10% for, you know, whatever they're going to be doing. And then the remaining 90 um, gets split between the men and women's teams. So each team got $5.85 million from the men reaching the, rock- the knockout stage. Um, so just to put this in perspective of, you know, the pay disparities that we have going on, the women won $2 million for winning the 2015 World Cup, $4 million for winning the 2019 World Cup. So two wins, you know, won the entire thing, collective $6 million. Men get through the first round and get beaten in the knockout stage, almost $6 million. So, I mean, you know, it sucks, obviously, that the women are still, you know, not there in terms of pay disparity. But, you know, this agreement, um, it's, you know, benefiting us as of now. Hopefully it stays that way, you know, if the men keep, um, you know, keep up their end of the bargain, if they keep performing, um, you know, continue to build for the next World Cup. But again, you know, does some great things for us and gets me all that much more excited for the Women's World Cup uh, in 2023. So, so far, the teams that have gone through, um, to the round of 16 in the World Cup. We have Netherlands, Argentina, England, and France. Um, and then we have two more games um, that are yet to be played. Or is it two or four? I don't remember. Um, yet to be played to determine um, who from there will go. Um, do you have any idea, Grant? Who do you think is going to win? Just take a guess. Mm, see, I feel like after wa- after seeing highlights of France uh recently play i feel like mbappe is just kind of like they have it under wraps i mean you could argue argentina messi is going to already go for one more but uh as someone who doesn't watch soccer at all i'll probably watch like maybe the semifinals and then the world cup championship um game but yeah i'm gonna say france or argentina honestly i don't know about brazil um and netherlands look good against the u.s maybe they have a chance too Maybe. Um, I, yeah, if I had to pick one as of now, you know, with not knowing those other teams who have qualified, um, I'm going to go with France. You know, they they won the last one and they they look good. Um, you know, like you said, Mbappe obviously doing great things. Um, and I have a little bit of French in me. So, you know, I'll still take that as a personal win. Um, a little bit of NWSL stuff, not a whole lot since we are in the offseason. But uh, Merritt Paulson agrees to sell Portland Thorns, uh, rumored to be because of the Yates experiment. Um or not the experiment, I mean the uh, the Yates report, basically, which exposed um, some abuse and corruptive uh, head office in, you know, the NWSL. There were some mixed reviews, a little bit of controversy, as there always is in sports, um, you know, with most of the players being thankful that Merritt Paulson is out, um, you know, just better for players, better for morale, you know, keep some, some shady business out. Um, there were a couple players, you know, thanking Merritt Paulson, um, you know, for everything that they've done or whatever, but there's yeah people are overall saying hey like let's no let's get this out let's you know start with new new leadership start with the new head office um you know because their uh their coach quit at the end of last season um you know so hopefully we start in fresh um with some good things there uh three chicago red stars players um had been waived including danny colaprico and rachel hill um who you know did some really good things for chicago this year um, they'll be off to find new teams. I'm sure we'll discover eventually. And the final uh, NWSL comment. Okay, I just thought this was absolutely hilarious. Um, so for those that may not know, um, there has been the rise of these. They call them content houses, basically on, you know, on TikTok or on different yeah. social media platforms, where you know groups of influencers will move into these massive mansions and like build, or, like record all this content together. You know, just post a bunch of videos, um, work on brand deals, and like they make millions. Um, and so there's been, you know, the rise and flow of many different houses. Um, however, in the off season, we have two NWSL houses that have come up. Um, so basically a bunch of players from various teams, like they split into groups and moved into these giant houses. And I'm calling themselves Powerhouse and Finesse Mansion. Um, and they're all posting on this like Instagram and TikTok account called the Offseason Official. And it's all the players that are like very active on social media throughout the season. Um, and so I think they're literally trying to do like a soccer content house and I am absolutely here for it. Um, I, I don't know what kind of content they got in store. If anything, it's good soccer strategy as well, because then you're close to players that like train at your level, but they're from different teams. Right. So you're practicing against different, you know, defensive styles, different offensive tactics. 
um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm just really excited to see what comes of this account and, you know, the content that they post in the off season. At the very least, maybe we'll get some funny TikToks out of it. Um, but yeah, that's about all for the NWSL. Um, overtime. Grant, you ready to go? Just about. Let's do it. Awesome. So, okay, the game, um, this game actually was thought of by our guest from last week, uh, Emma Tompkins. Shout out. Um, so basically what we're going to be doing is kind of like a version of 20 questions, but not really. Um, so we will each have 10 questions to guess which athlete the other person is thinking of. And you want to guess it in as many, in as few questions as possible. So like you have up to 10, but like you want to figure who out who it is before then. Yeah. Kind of like a, um, kind of like a wordle. Kind of like a wordle. Yeah. Like a, you know, like a 20 questions, like a guess who moment. Um, do you want to guess first or do you want me to guess first? I will guess first. Awesome. So I have my player written down. Um, feel free to ask any questions. Um, we may have to pause this periodically and um, look up some answers about these players if we don't know off the top of our heads. Um, but take it away. So I can ask anything I want, really. Just yeah. kind of narrow it anything down. Anything you want to help you narrow kinda it down. Kind of like guess who. Yeah, kind of like guess who. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Well, if we're doing guess who, I might as well start it off with. Um, actually, let's just do this here. Does this person play a fall sport? Yes. Okay. Um, that's one there. Fall sport. Uh, is that fall like a? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, never mind. Never mind. It starts in the fall, correct? Yep, starts okay. in the fall. Okay. Um, do they play a fall sport? Is this person on the soccer team? No. Alrighty. Is this person on the football team? No. No. Hmm. I cannot think of other sports. Starts in the fall. Um, blank in here. Uh, uh, um, is this person? Is this person a guy? No. This person on the basketball team. No. How many questions do I have left? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll scratch the number of questions. Just go until <laughs> you get it. <laughs> this is gonna be terrible. Okay. Um. Uh. Is this person? Is a is a girl? They are playing a fall sport. Um. Does this sport involve using? Uh. Primarily using your legs. Read our read our script, Grant. Get some ideas okay. for sports that we talk about. <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness! I'm so sorry. How many things? Okay, okay. Is this person a freshman? No. Person a senior? Yes. Uh, is it Emma Ellis? No. Is it? So you narrow down the sport at least, right? Yes, okay. yes, yes. I know it's the volleyball roster. Correct. I know we're running out of time here to think here um man you've got me looking at the Purdue volleyball roster Becca this is not very nice here for seniors because I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not a huge volleyball stand like you are so I have I know. to know well I'm trying to stump you here well you stump me you really do stump me come on run through uh, not that many left. Um, 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 is it uh Raven Cole no no not Raven sophomore is it Madeline Coke no is it uh, um, um, Ava Torrance? Correct. Let's go. First try. Oh, yeah. First, First try. try. Look at him. Okay. Not a bad effort. I'll mm -hmm. take it. I'm going to do better, though. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Rebecca. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Um, is it a female athlete? No. Okay. So it's a male athlete. Um, you typing this out? Yeah, I'm gotta oh. keep track of my answers here. Okay, okay. Uh, fall sport. Uh, yes. Okay, so fall sport, football. Yes. Okay, great. Now I gotta pull up the football roster. I'm picking from a lot more players here, though. So this could mm -hmm. be interesting. Um, is it a freshman? No. Sophomore. Uh, no. Junior. Um, I gotta, hold on, I gotta make sure I'm right here. Oh, my computer's not. Ah! Uh, apologize, dead air. 
Um, about the agenda. Leaving a note to myself. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, no, he's not a sophomore. Or a junior. Okay, so it's a senior. Yes, red, uh, red shirt senior. Red shirt senior. Okay, so I'm not guessing yet, but I say have Bryce Hampton, Tyrone Tracy Jr., Jamari Brown. Okay, um, is it, have they done, it sounds bad, but like, have they done well this season? Or like, has it yeah, been like Yeah, pretty a, good. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. No. Oh, he's a six-year, he's not even. Okay, so has done well, or like has you know made a made a name for themselves this season? Would you say? Yeah, kinda. Kinda. He's like he's like one of Aiden O'Connell's like go-to guys. Okay, one of Aiden. Let's that kind of narrows it down for you. Hypothetically, it should. Redshirt senior is a guy. Plays football. Well, okay. <laughs> Can you figure it out. You know, I don't need this this, um, this sass from you. I'm going to make you cut all of this. Okay. Um, do. Yes, hey. got it, finally. I'm sorry. Okay, there's so many players Oof, on this What team. a great overtime segment that was. Wow. It's okay. Maybe we're just... Both not yes, good there's a lot. There's people. a lot of stuff to cover, but we are out of time. Basically, Absolutely. right? We gotta go. We are over our limits, under arrest. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wise words from Grant here. Wise words, guys. Um, thank you all for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's super fun for us to come and highlight all these games, especially when Purdue does well like they are currently. Um, you know, we will be back here next week with some more content. Hopefully, some more good news for you guys. Um, until then, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Spotify, Apple mm -hmm. Podcasts, and Instagram. Um, and, you know, notifications and all that good stuff. We love you all. Have a wonderful evening. Good night.